Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Hey Matt, uh, back in the studio and uh, looking forward to jumping into uh, back into the Gospel of John. And, been uh, enjoying this, Stu. Yeah, it's, me too. Me it's been too. great working through John. And it's interesting because, uh, for me anyway, because we've been going back through passages that are probably some of the most familiar to, to most Christians yeah. and even some that aren't Christians. Uh, and even the passages we're going to be looking at today, you know, some of the most well-known miracles of Jesus. Mm. And yet, I'm discovering something new every yeah. time I read them and greater understanding, greater depth of understanding. So uh, really looking forward to this one. We're, we're picking up, uh, folks, for those that are listening, uh, from uh, John chapter 4. And we're going to be working through as best we can anyway. We'll see how we go from John chapter 4 through to John chapter 7. Um, and, of course, we start to see here John's accounts of uh, some of Jesus' miracles. Mm. Uh, and particularly we kick off in John chapter 4 with the well-known story. Uh, yeah, Jesus, of, Jesus and the woman the well, of Samaria. Yeah, it's uh, the the probably a little bit of background here is is in order, Stu, because the uh, the obviously and and some of our listeners may be familiar with this, but there was this ongoing tension between Jews and Samaritans. Now, yes. this this begins, of course, Samaria. The word Samaria, Samaria was the capital of the Northern Kingdom. So remember, going back uh, after the time of Solomon, the the 12 tribes, the kingdom of Israel, United Kingdom of Israel, was split in two. Yeah. You have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom then. And the capital of the northern kingdom was Samaria. And, of course, the northern kingdom was destroyed by the Assyrians, 722 BC. The the Assyrians took uh, the you know most of the people into, into exile, and they resettled uh, Assyrians there, right? And so, so you get this uh, this kind of mix. There were some people that remained. You get this mix of sort of Assyrians, and so you get this hybrid people yeah, there uh, yeah. in Samaria that continue there. They do it, they observe a mix of religious uh, practices. religious practices, and in, including yeah. a bit of traditional Yahwism. You know, the, mm-hmm. the sort of mix in a little bit of the biblical faith. Mm. Now. Uh, after the southern kingdom went into ba- went into Babylon, then they came back. This is to cut a long story short. Uh, you remember, you know, the story of Nehemiah and all the trouble that Nehemiah was having. Yes, uh, with the people that were constantly opposing the rebuilding of oh, Jerusalem. Yep. they were Samaritans. They yeah. were the guys, you know, up up in the north, yeah. who didn't want this uh, this southern this southern kingdom to become powerful and so forth. Mm. And so, uh, so you know, at first that they are seen as this kind of hybrid idolatrous sort of people mm. are there in the north and then they just become outright annoying you know mm. like they become enemies essentially yeah. from yeah. the time of Nehemiah uh, onwards and then it just kind of gets worse and worse and worse uh, from there so there's all of this uh, rivalry in uh, in the early 300s BC the Samaritans build a rival temple, temple mm. uh, up on Mount Gerizim mm. now Mount, Mount Gerizim was the place in, according to Deuteronomy I think chapter 11 where Moses blessed uh, Israel from yes. from Mount Gerizim mm. so they chose that that spot and you know for them they were saying this is this is the mountain of the Lord now there's nothing in Deuteronomy that says that 
it had to be Jerusalem that that particular, you know, I mean, there are later scriptures that talk about Jerusalem as God, cho- uh, you know, Mount Zion as God's chosen mountain and all yes. of this sort of stuff. But that's yes. later. Mm. Certainly, there's nothing in the earlier scriptures that that says it has to be, you know, uh, that particular mountain. So, you know, so they come up with this rival, this rival temple. Now, it was uh, it was destroyed already, you know, by, by the first. Uh, century, yeah. uh, it had been uh, destroyed. First, actually, um, Antiochus uh, Epiphanes, who was, you know, famously tried to Hellenize the whole area um, of uh, of you know the, the traditional land of Israel. Mm. Um, he he built a pagan shrine, you know, as they did mm. uh, on that on that mountain, mm. uh, and then uh, later on, um, one of the the, the Jewish kings during the uh, the Hasmonean dynasty, which is this hundred year after the the famous Maccabean Wars when they won independence from the Greeks, yeah. and you had that hundred year kingdom, a hundred year independent Jewish kingdom. They took control of that northern kingdom, and the king destroyed the temple. temple. So, in actually, which just then caused more hatred yes, between Jews. So it's just <laughs> got, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And um, and so. When Jesus is having this conversation with the Samaritan woman, yeah, but, the, but it's destroyed. Uh, yeah, totally. And this, and, and and important to say too that the Samaritans were very familiar. That they believed in the first five books of the Hebrew Bible in yeah. the Torah, but, yeah. but pretty much not much else. So they mm. were, you know, they were very much in that. They had yeah. similar festivals, you know. To yeah. the, so it wasn't like they were a completely separate pagan thing. Yeah, there was right. a mix yeah. of sort of Gentile and, and yeah, Jewish right. tradition. So yeah. so yeah. this conversation then, as you say, the temple had been destroyed. And, um, and they're probably in view of it, actually, yes. which is interesting to where this... Now, now they have... Because he goes to this um, this location, Jacob's Well. Uh, we don't actually have a story in the Old Testament of Jacob digging a well, no. but according no. to tradition, he didn't. There's no reason to doubt that he did. And I think important to note, too, that he, geographically, he didn't have to go via Samaria to where he was going. So there was clearly a purpose Jesus Good was point. going yeah. to Samaria, and, and this is probably it. And, he, yeah. and if, in fact, he spends some time there, which we'll hear about shortly. But where he was heading, he didn't have to go through Samaria. Yeah. So even though it says he had to go, it, it was he had to go from a missional point of view, yeah, not that's from right. a geographical yeah. point of view. And so. this, is, this is an interesting theme throughout uh, this throughout the book of John is is Jesus' focus on particular individuals. Yes, it's like he goes out of his way to connect with these particular individuals. Yeah. It's just yeah. remarkable. Yeah. And uh, and and here it's you know it's in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. He's you know it's he's been been walking this. I mean, yeah. And evidently he's absolutely parched with thirst. Um, now he comes to this well. These wells didn't have like a bucket. We imagine a bucket. You bring your own you bring your vessel. Own. You can't get water out of a well. And this was a really, really deep, deep well, well too. Yeah. So there's no way of getting water out of this well. So he's he's there at the well. He's thirsty. You know, he's waiting. Now, of course, he knows. He, he's, he's set up this meeting beforehand. This is what's beautiful about this. Yeah. So uh, this this straggler comes out to the well. Now, normally, when women came to these wells, they would come in groups and they would come in the early morning. Uh, yeah. you, generally, you wouldn't come in the middle of the day, in the heat of the Too day, hot. and you yeah. certainly wouldn't come alone. Mm-hmm. Now, this indicates that this woman is a complete outcast, mm-hmm. uh, that she she's comes on her own. She comes in the middle of the day. She's actually wanting to avoid other people, right. uh, which... You know, which maybe indicates something of the hostility of the community um, to her, and that may be because of these uh, her situation, which comes up later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she, so, so there she is. Jesus speaks to her and asks her for a, a drink, a drink. Yeah. and you know, she remarks, "How is it that you, a Jew, ask 
a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. Now, she's surprised because, because first of all, she is considered ceremonially unclean traditionally for the Jews. Mm-hmm. Even her vessel, even to drink from her vessel is to mm-hmm. be defiled, right? Mm-hmm. So he's asking her, you know, uh, he's asking her for a drink. So hence her surprise uh, at that. And at that point, you know, he, he jumps into this. Um, I don't know. Has he had a drink yet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he yeah. jumps into this conversation, which he's always planned to had, have with her. This yes. is He's there for her, right? Yes. And and so, you know, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Mm. Now, this is, as we find out later on, this is one of the few occasions where Jesus actually outrightly says, I am the Messiah, you know, like, yes. I, I am I am him, I'm, I am the Messiah. So here is, the, you know, and, and this is to this outcast Samaritan woman yes. that receives this very direct revelation of who Jesus, Jesus is. is. So yeah. he's jumping right into it. And, you know, she says, you have nothing to draw water with. Mm. And, you know, this is where he goes into, into this beautiful, beautiful sort of metaphor that he uses uh, about the water of life and mm. uh, about thirsting. And, and I will give you water that, that will become a spring of living water within you. It's beautiful because of the association yep. between water and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you got Ezekiel chapter 36, you mm. know, that, that mm. which talks about God sprinkling clean water yeah. and giving them a new heart. and. And you'll never thirst again. And you'll never mm. thirst again. Mm. And it, Jesus says to her, go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. It's interesting that he actually says it's translated the word husband there, but the the, the Greek word there is sort of the word, it could be man or husband. So go call your man. Right. right. So it's kind of ambiguous because, of course, he knows uh, he knows that she doesn't have a husband. Yeah. Uh, he just shows that he knows you've yeah. had you've had five you know have you've had five men the one you're living with now is 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 not your husband yeah look this is probably why she's you know as i said it's probably why she's her. an outcast um how's her diversionary tactics here <laughs> isn't that great <laughs> when you're on the edge of 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 sort of feeling that's that kind of you know you're on the edge and and look he's not saying it to to shame her you know he he he's not he's not doing it for that reason he's yeah. he wants he wants her to know that he knows you are known yes. you know he's gone out of his way to come and meet with her mm-hmm. it's about her being known mm-hmm. not her being shamed so she does this diversionary you know her father's worshiped on this mountain but you you know you say that so she goes straight to the the dispute between the, the Samaritans and the Jews yeah this is this is something in in my conversations with people, Stu. You know, when, when you, you you get to that point where that maybe they're feeling a bit challenged or a bit like they'll jump to a controversial. Oh well, so what do you think about? They'll jump, you know, jump to a controversial as a bit of a diversionary tactic. Let's yeah. let's get this away from the heart and more about just yeah. abstract kind of controversy. So she brings this up. He makes a really important point. Listen, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and it's interesting. You know, thinking that you probably you know Gerizim, even the ruins of Gerizim are, are, are in sight. There's been all of this controversy about which is the right mountain, and he uses this opportunity to say, "Listen, a time is coming, and and has now come mm. when you you'll no longer worship on either of these either of the mountains, but you'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth." As we know, Jesus predicted the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, so that temple is going to be in ruins soon too. But it's also pointing to this new era that he is. Yeah, it's not about in. it's not about where you worship. It's about who you worship. At the end of the day, exactly. And uh, it's interesting because he never answers directly any of her questions. He only speaks to her needs. 
you know. So yeah. she asks these questions and he just goes straight to her needs. It's great. You know, it yeah. is. Yeah. It's great. Well, she says, I know that the Messiah is coming. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. And and this is where he, he says in verse 26, chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus here. said to you, I who speak to you am he. Mm. Mm. And the, you know, the disciples come back. They're shocked, actually, that yes. he's, uh, he's speaking to them at yes. so many levels, uh, actually. But they don't actually ask him about that. You know, they, well, they don't dare. No, exactly. Yeah, they're probably, like, they're probably used to the fact, fact that he they, does things a bit They almost suggest, mate, are you not well? Do you need to eat something? It's like, do you know what you're doing? It's almost yeah. like he, he must be delirious. He's speaking to the Samaritan yeah. woman. Let's make sure he gets some food. <clears> well, first of all, he's speaking and, to a woman. And actually, yeah, you know, yeah. in that culture. That's right. It was even controversial, actually, to teach a woman. Unfortunately, in that culture, uh, that's the way it was. So, mm. so that's the first thing that's kind of that's su- surprising uh, in in this cultural context. The yeah. second is that it's a Samaritan woman. You know, yeah. I mean, it's so many levels. You know, this is why they're they're surprised. She goes into town, and the interesting mm. thing here is one of the big themes in John's Gospel is this: the, the good news and believing in the good news, and also projecting into. The context in which John is writing, you know, later on in the first century, when the imperative is to be witnesses. Yes. Go out and be witnesses, you know, and, and to, you know, to, to great self-risk, really. The, the great thing about this here is that she goes immediately and she bears witness to Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the first thing, you know, she, uh, he reveals himself to her mm. and she goes um, into her community and she gathers people and she brings all of these people to Jesus. Yeah. You know, this Samaritan woman. And and all that's happened is that he's just told her a little bit about her life yeah. and she believes, right? Yes. Based on that, she believes. This, that, that, that's, you know, whereas he's done all of these other miracles elsewhere and it's just exactly. caused division and mm. people are trying to find reasons to not mm. believe mm. and and actually rouse crowds against him even. Mm. Uh, and yet here is this Samaritan woman. This is the kind of contrast that are being built here. Mm. Here is this Samaritan woman uh, who, who goes and he brings, she brings all of these mm. uh, people. And so you get this, this movement. Uh, this sort of initial, if we can call it, Christian movement in Samaria. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's, and it's, it's interesting because that pattern, and, and you may have been going to allude to this later, but that pattern where the non-Jewish people tended to find the ability to believe without the miracles, you know, they just trusted, uh, you know, the centurion, there's the, the number of stories, uh, whereas the the Jews were always looking for the signs and the wonders. And yeah, the, uh, yeah you know, that's right. And here's this woman who just hearing what Jesus has to say, Beliefs, yeah, you know? yeah, that's right, and and so much so that he goes back and spends two days in the village. Yeah, because they urge they urge him to stay. Yeah, yeah. you know, whereas in other situations, there's clearly he's not really welcome. welcome. You know, like Nazareth, the prophet is not yeah. welcome in his home, yeah. in his own town, and yet here in Samaria, they urge him to, to stay. stay. You know, it's yeah. that, and again, there's that. Remember the language of he tabernacled amongst us in John yes. chapter one. Uh, you know, he is the presence. You know, we have seen his glory. Well, who has seen his glory? The Samaritans. Mm. It's it's mm. amongst them, the Samaritans, that. And when you think in the context of the 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 controversy between temples, remember the temple yes. was was the symbol of God's presence among the people. So in the light of this controversy, which she's brought up, it is actually amongst them, the Samaritans, that he tabernacle stays. Yeah. You know, in yeah. that, and that's the the kind of word that. Uh, that, that's used there. So it's it's just beautiful. One of the themes actually through the Gospel of John, and uh, it's it, it, he brings this up here, is this constant idea that Jesus is always doing the will of the Father, that he's only doing the things that 
he sees the father, this constant responsiveness to God, right? Yeah. And and even this sense that no one, and, and we'll see further on, you know, no one can come to me unless the father draws them. There's this sort of mm. particularity and there's, there's a theological theme through the Gospel of John about this particularity. God leads, you know, Jesus is doing the exact things that the father, because it's not just a- anyone and everyone. It's, it's yeah. actually particular people that That's you right. see Jesus going out yeah. of his way. And there's a sense of the sovereignty of God and that God is, is, is leading it. Now, of course we know Jesus is the very incarnation of God, but he's modeling something. This is the point. He's yeah. also modeling something. He's modeling a life that is completely spirit led. And so, you know, he says down in verse 34, because they, they bring up the food thing because they think <laughs> he's delirious. Yeah. And, and he said, no, I'm not de- – see, his answer to that is, no, I'm not deliri- delirious. Yes, that's right. It's not like I'm not talking yeah. to this woman just because I've had a lapse and I'm mm. a bit lightheaded because I haven't eaten. He's, you know, verse I have 30- food to eat that you don't even know about, he says in verse in 32 and then goes on into verse Yeah, 34. exactly. Yeah. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me yeah. to accomplish his work. Mm. So he's saying, no, that's what – that actually is more important. That This is what I'm uh, on about here. Yeah. Yeah. And so – speaking into the um, intentionality of this whole journey. This is why we went, because they're probably wondering, why did we, why are we going through Samaria? Yes, exactly. They're probably wondering, I mean, we don't get- This is the long way. Yeah, we don't (laughs) get that, but there's no doubt that they would have been wondering, why are we going through Samaria? It's probably dangerous for a start, Mm. and it's it's an unclean place. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) So the, the next miracle- is Jesus healing an official son? This is where you go, you know, from someone at the very bottom of uh, of the pile yes. uh, to someone, you know, at the tops. So is obviously a, a fairly important. Um, so this is two days. Yeah. He stays in Samaria for two days yeah. and then goes on to to Galilee. Yeah, um, he goes to Cana in Galilee. So he's come back to mm. where he was when he turned the water into wine. Yes, uh, a man comes. Uh, from Capernaum, mm-hmm. so it's about a day's journey. You know, it's good good day's walk. Yeah. Uh, so this guy's come a long way. The statement, because it's it's this is about his his son uh, who was ill, and Jesus said to him, verse fifty, "Go, your son will live." That actually um, echoes um, with the widow of Zarephath, Elijah, and the wi- wi- widow of Zarephath. Similar statement is made. The difference here is that Jesus just says it, you know, and it happens, and so. He doesn't actually go back to Capernaum. Yeah, he just no. says, "Go, go home. Your, Your son, son will live." live. Yeah. Uh, and so he's on his way home. And and when he gets home, he finds out that at the very time when Jesus said that, hmm. uh, his son was healed. Now this is important for John again. Important for John's theme because remember, in the beginning was the Word, right? So he gives the Word, and it's done. And so that's that's yeah. an important uh, sort of extension of that theme. These accounts move fairly quickly, Stu, as we, as we go into uh, chapter five. Yeah. We have this story about Jesus going to the, uh, to the pool, the Bethesda, the, the pool of uh, Bethesda. And there's a interesting sort of superstition around this, around this pool. Yeah. Uh, these things tend to build up in, in, in these, fo- it, it was not, certainly not endorsed by the Jewish authorities. Mm. So, in, in a sense, you get Jesus going into all these different situations. Where this mix of confused ideas is into Samaria, and he's, you know, he's he's dealing with Jewish legalism, but he's also dealing with with superstition uh, mm-hmm. as well. And so there's this superstition around this pool that you know that the angels stir up the water, and if you're the first one in the pool when that happens, you know you you, you, get, you get healed. Now yeah. how mm-hmm. they uh, we we don't know how they came to that, but the, here's a guy that's been there for 38 years, uh, and he's never been able to get in there first. 
He's given it a red hot try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then Jesus asks this really interesting question. Do you want to get well? You know, yeah. that's the first question he asks him. And I guess, uh, you know, and, and I'm not sure about this, but I guess perhaps there were some people who made a lot of money out of being unwell. Yeah. Uh, you know, people were generous in, 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 in so it's like, actually, yeah, do yeah, you yeah. want to get well? Yeah, that's uh, that's quite possible. Yeah. yeah. So he'd been an invalid for, for 38. We yeah. don't know how, how long he'd no, been there right. beside the pool. But, you know, he, he says, you know, famously get up, uh, mm. take up your bed and walk. Uh, again, you know, it's just at, at his command and this happens. Now, the problem here, of course, Stu, is that this happens on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath. And I know in our in our time, this doesn't seem like a big deal. Like, what's the big deal? But for Jewish people at that time, mm. there were two incredibly important markers of your identity. One was that you kept the Sabbath. The other mm. is that you were circumcised. Mm. Circumcision and keeping in the Sabbath were the two vital things that marked you out and made made you distinctly Jewish. So this is a real identity thing. So they were very particular about things that what yep. you could do on the Sabbath. Yep. Now you couldn't pick up and carry your bed on the Sabbath. I- interestingly, you could carry a sick person on a bed on the right. Sabbath, according to uh, <laughs> okay. according to the rabbis. Yep. Uh, you know they 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 came up with all of these sort of casuistic ways. Um, which is little rules for everything, yes, you know. Yep. And so, yes, you could you could carry someone on a bed, but you couldn't pick Just up your bed your and bed. carry it. So, as long so as the, the issue, sick person stayed sick, yeah, it was fine. that was fine. So the issue wasn't that Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath; it was that the man picked up his yeah, bed that's and carried right. it. Correct. And and, yeah. and but remember, Jesus told him, yes, pick up that's your right. go, you yeah. know. And so that becomes that becomes the the controversy here. So. At the time, of course, the man didn't know who he was because he didn't didn't yeah, that's right. himself. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But so, later, Jesus finds so him. That's right. Yep. So this is so he finds him, and he, you know, I mean, he says, "See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you." Um, the, the the idea here isn't that everything bad, you know, that everything bad. I mean, and Jesus counters that idea elsewhere. Mm. The fact that something that you're in, you're a cripple or you're blind, doesn't mean that something that something bad has happened to you. What Jesus is pointing to there is that there's actually something worse than being physically crippled. So just because you are healed from your state mm-hmm. of being crippled, you know, don't just think, oh, everything's all right now. No, no, because you've still got a spiritual problem, right? Yeah. Well, and I think you're spot on. I mean, it's it's not suggesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not suggesting that he was a cripple because of sin. No, that's uh, right. Yeah. And, and what it's really saying is, as, as you've said many times, you know, the worst thing you could do is be happy without God. Yeah. So essentially he's saying you might think being a cripple was bad, but actually what's worse is separation from God. Yeah, that's you know? right. And, yeah. and uh, don't don't continue living a life of sin yeah. because that's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, Jesus' answer to the complaints of the Jews who complain, you know, come to Jesus and complain that he's given this, t- take up your mat and walk. Mm. He points at verse 17, he says, my father is working until now and I'm working. Now, how you, you might wonder, how is that an answer? Well, he's actually talking about Genesis, Genesis 2, verse you know, verse 1 and 2, where it talks about uh, God rested on the seventh day. It right. was understood, actually, the Jews understood understood that that wasn't inactivity in on God's part that was actually a rest of ruling but that there was a constant creating and sustaining right. uh, activity and so Jesus is sort of picking that that kind of stream of thought saying I did this because God is still at work right on yeah. the sap like right God God resting on the Sabbath does not mean that God doesn't do anything yeah. God is at work and so therefore I am, and this comes back to this theme, I did this because it's what God is doing, right? So 
you know, so he's, you know, he's he's pointing, you know, strong it's a great statement. answer, to, yeah, and, yeah, and it's it a is. strong statement. It's a great mm. answer to the to these Jewish people that, that that you know, the Sabbath is about doing what God does, mm. Mm. and you know, God was at work here, and that's the main thing, guys. Like, yeah. it's not, you know, God is at work here. Can you not see that? That's yeah. basically what he's saying. And then saying. he goes on to kind of say the son is not able to do anything on his own, yeah. but only what he sees the father doing. So essentially, yeah. saying straight away, God did this, yeah, uh, and I'm doing it. Because essentially yeah, that's I right. am God. This, that, that actually, as you say, Stu, this leads on to a, a bit of teaching that Jesus gives about the author- his own authority, the yeah. authority of the Son. I mean, this is, you know, this is in- incredibly in- inflammatory. I mean, this, this yeah, really... This is the beginning it's, it's, of the... Yeah, he's gonna, he's beca- Jesus is becoming increasingly polarized. Yeah. So what we're going to see from this time on yeah. is Jesus saying things that just seem... It's not like he's looking to smooth things over and, and, and draw a crowd and, and appeal. No. He's quite happy, actually, to polarize people. He's just speaking the yeah, truth. There, there are people like the Samaritan woman and the cripple mm-hmm. and, the, and those who, who actually follow him and they, and they have these revelations of who he is. Mm. On the one hand, you see Jesus actually going and embracing these people, right? But on the other hand, you see him almost it's, – it's like he's deliberately offending the sensibilities of people – to, to sort of you know put them offside almost yes. almost deliberately, yeah. but it's more like Jesus always has this polarizing effect that he you know if these if there's faith there he'll draw it out if mm. there's hard hard heartedness there mm. that will be Drawing drawn out, out as well. well and that has a strong sort of that's a strong theme throughout the Old Testament you know Pharaoh God hardened Pharaoh's heart yeah uh, you know it's not that God caused Pharaoh's heart to be hardened it's that his heart, heart was hard, mm. uh, and in a sense, God compounds that, you know, yeah. uh, to those who have, more will be given, you know, in terms of ability to see and respond, yeah. Jesus said, and those who do not have even what they have will be taken away from yeah. him. Um, Jesus says that in the context of a willingness of, of heart, right? So uh, we'll, we'll move we'll move forward, Stu, uh, to the end of chapter five. You've got this, uh, the question about witnesses. This is important. You know, who is who is bearing witness to this? Who, because he's saying these controversial things. So uh, he points out a number of different witnesses. There's John, who's been uh, born witness to him. The, the, his works, he talks, he appeals to his works, my works bear witness to me. So in a sense... And remembering that witness was a very important yeah. sort of principle in Jewish yeah, culture that's right. at that time. So yeah. these are, this is speaking very much to to uh, what was considered to be an important aspect. Yeah, that's of, right. You know? Truth, truth finding, I guess, by the Jews. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He talks about like first there's John, then his own works. The Father bear, bears witness to him. Mm. Uh, that may be referring to the you know that when God spoke, uh, this is my Son whom I love, uh, as well as the works of God, you know, through him. The Scriptures. He talks about the Scriptures bear witness, uh, bear, bear witness to him, um, and then he goes on and he says the reason that you don't believe is because. Uh, in verse 44 of chapter 5, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from... This is the thing. You're yeah. Yeah. you're defending your turf here. You're defending your authority and, and you're not... This is why you're not... Uh, so he really calls it, you know, and uh, and that... And that bridges right. So, so you've got this polarizing situation happening. Uh, the sequence here is important to you because you've got this increasingly polarizing situation. And then 
you've got this miracle in chapter six of the feeding of the five thousand, which actually is a f- because it's five thousand men. Yes, uh, it, you've, you're probably talking about t- could be up to twenty thousand people because you've got women uh, yeah. and children. That yeah. is an enormous amount. Think of a, you know, a, like a stadium, you know, like Amy Stadium or something in Melbourne. I think that's yeah. like about twenty thousand. Twenty thousand people yeah, is a be. big day at the at, yeah, the, yeah. at the, but that could be because it's the soccer. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just a about, lot of people yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. And interesting about this miracle, this is the only miracle, perhaps apart from the resurrection, this is the only miracle that's actually in all four Gospels, that's recounted in yeah. all four Gospels. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just this one. And and part of the importance of that, too, is that this is Jesus being the greater Moses. Yes. Um, because the significance of this, of course, is the manna, you mm. know, the manna from heaven. Yep. In fact, he goes on uh, to talk about... Uh, him being the bread of life, that he actually is the manna that comes from heaven. Yeah. Uh, and so, and and he gets his disciples in on this. I mean, we see this in all four gospels. The disciples are part of this. So he, he says to Philip, you know, uh, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Uh, Philip lives uh, just nearby. So he's the, that's why he, he asked Philip. Yeah. And but he says this to test him, you know, Philip yep. says this is completely uh, impossible. And so, and so Jesus uh, does this amazing miracle mm-hmm. where he multiplies the bread and the fish that uh, that are brought, and you've got twelve basketfuls left over. Yeah, you know, and, and this is this is God's provision for his for his people. You know, he's got uh, twelve disciples, the twelve tribes of Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 full of significance. Mm-hmm. Um, this this miracle because this is. Uh, you know, this is kind of a new exodus yes. that's happening here. And I think that that flows into the next miracle, which we'll get to in a moment too. Yeah. You know, a similar thing, you know, in yeah, terms absolutely. of walking on the water as opposed to the parting of the waters. Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. And so um, so you move from the uh, you move from the feeding of the, the 5,000 or, you know, as, as many 20,000 people. The, the, the symbolism of, of the water, too, is just so – because, again, the association of water and the forces of chaos and, yes. and uh, bodies of water of being almost like the gates of death, you know, the gates of Sheol or, or, yep. Yep. or Hades, Hades in, yep. in Greek. And so, you know, Jesus walking on the water – uh, has this extra significance mm. of you know he's walking on top of the of, you know chaos and death and he's not being drawn down yeah. and so he he is the lord over chaos and death it's 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 so uh, heavily symbolic this miracle which is also it's the same thing at work when the sea parts during the time of Moses yes because and it talks about walls of water standing up to the right and left so that's the forces of death and chaos are held back yeah. to allow the people to pass through yeah. and so this is that, but with extra significance because it's not just parting the water. So Jesus, can, he's actually walking on, on top, top of, of the water. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's you know extra significance there. And then he talks about himself in the light of these miracles, uh, particularly uh, with the association with the manna that came down from heaven. Yeah. Uh, he he basically points out to them that he is he is the manna. He is the bread of life that comes down from heaven. Mm. He has come down from heaven, and those who, as it were, feed on him uh, will have eternal life uh, and shall never hunger or thirst. You know, and yep. so you've got these themes that the thirsting theme from, from the, um, the, the well in, in Samaria, yes. you've got the, the bread of, you know, the hungering theme. Yeah. It's, you know, it's all tied together here. And quite yep. a long, this, this actually is quite a long 
bit of teaching that we have in uh, John chapter and, and, 6. And it ended up being quite confusing for many of the disciples at the time. In fact, some chose as a result of him, you know, talking about eating his body and drinking his blood that, you know, they were thinking physically we need to, how are we going to eat his body and drink his blood? And that actually saw a lot of people actually yeah. leave. Um, well, and it's easy for us to look back now. I was thinking to myself, it's easy for me to look back now and go, oh, what fools, you know. But, you know, imagine if... Imagine if that was us and someone was saying that and we didn't fully understand what was being said here. Oh. We'd be probably be thinking, this guy's, what's this guy on about? Oh, yeah. I mean, particularly with the sort of sensibility of, yeah. of Jewish sensibility. I mean, you yeah. never drink blood. Like, no. uh, that that was just an absolute no-no mm. in, in those days. Mm. And, you know, the idea of, you know, f- you know unclean flesh and, you know, yeah. I mean, goodness me, it's, yeah. it's you know, so, yeah. you know, it's it's a... The sermon's going well, Stu. Like, it's like, but yeah. gradually gets more and more. Your, you know, the, what the claims get get <laughs> yeah. bigger. Yeah, and then right at the end there again, this is this polarizing effect mm. because he's probably got quite a following in yeah. this area. There's yeah. a lot of people that are, you know, a lot of crowds. Mm. And remember, we've al- we've already heard him said that he entrusts himself to know because he kn- knows, you know, what's in the heart That's, of person, yeah. and so he's very wary of these crowds, mm. and so who he- were really probably just looking for another miracle or sign. It was more like we want you to do another magic trick kind of thing, as opposed to thinking about the spiritual context. Yeah, that's right. Context well, of what he was his his doing his teaching on the whole bread of life yes. thing begins with him saying to these people that come looking for him, "Listen, you're looking for me because I fed you bread." Yes, yeah, right, but. Actually, what you really need is the true bread of life, yeah. you know, and, and this is where he talks about, I am the bread of life. So in a sense, he goes from, they come to him for another feeding, miraculous feeding uh, mm. miracle. Mm. But he says, no, that's actually not what you need. Mm. Uh, that's just a sign to point to something bigger. Mm. And the sign actually is that I am the bread of life. And then that's when he goes on to, and if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and they're like, no, thanks. Yeah, exactly. And so, yep. you know, he, he loses this. And it's it's very, it actually... It gets. It's hard. You know, this is. Mm. It's. It's very. Gets to a sad point, doesn't it, Stu? Because the disciples, many of many, you know, of, many of his disciples, there's, this is a hard saying. And, yeah. and the word there is actually. It's quite a strong word. It's. A, it, this is an offense. That's just an offensive. And you know, Jesus says uh, in verse sixty-one, "Do you take offense of this?" Yeah. You know, and, and well. It says in verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turn back and no longer walk with him. So you get this, you get this falling away. And, and actually between chapter, um, chapter six and chapter seven, there's a bit of a silent period here because you get a, a bit of a gap mm. and you sense, wow, things, things are, they're certainly not going the way maybe his disciples had hoped. Yes. You know, because now he's quite, even though he's done these miracles, a lot of people have turned away from him. They're quite offended at him. Mm. The, the Jewish leaders want to kill him. Mm. And so then he comes to Jerusalem to the Feast uh, of Booths, uh, which is you know associated where they would build these temporary booths to commemorate uh, their dwelling in the wilderness. Now, a big part of the Feast of Booths, because remember also there was the water from the rock, which was a, yep. a the bringing of the water from the rock, a miracle that God performed through Moses. Moses. This actually has a key place in this uh, in this festival. So over seven days, they would take water from the pool of Shalom and they would take it up and pour it out, you know, in the temple. That was, there was this festival each day. So it's in this, uh, it's in this context that, you know, that, that Jesus is going to talk about the water of life. He's going to come back to this theme of, of, 
of, of the water of life. Just probably important to mention too, his brothers wanted him to go on and do more signs and miracles to kind of convince everything by again the oh, signs that's and an wonders interesting thing, thing, isn't it? At the beginning Whereas Jesus is going, no, no, I'm actually going to not do that. I'm going to go in quietly and secretly uh, because I don't want to speak to that. I actually want to speak to the heart. I yeah. don't want to speak to the signs and wonders that people go, wow, he, that's amazing. I want to actually speak to the real yeah. issue, which is the heart. Well, that's an interesting point, Stu, actually, because... You know, by the end of chapter six, lots of people are turned away from yeah, that's him. Right. You get this this time, uh, a bit of time goes by. But you actually sense here that his brothers are getting a bit frustrated. Mm. Come on, like, are you? Is is it? Yeah, just do some of that magic yeah, stuff I, again. That'll I know. convince what are, everyone. Like, what are you thing? doing, yeah. mate? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and in fact, the, the way that they the way that they speak to him uh, in verse four of chapter seven. Uh, you know, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be Public known openly. Yeah. Uh, if you do these things, show yourself to, you know, this is actually sounds very much like the temptations of Satan. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah, it does. Uh, wow. in, in the yeah, desert, good you know, uh, you know, show, you know, then if you're the son know. of God, yeah. yeah, like show, show yourself, everyone mm. will know and you'll mm. be able to. Mm. And this is why it says uh, in verse five, uh, for not even his brothers believed in him. Mm. You know, if you are the son of God, then do this, mm. you know. So I know that sounds like his brothers are trying to encourage him, him and maybe, you know, people might think that it sounds like they be- – no, well, it actually explicitly says they said this because they didn't, didn't believe. believe. Yeah. And uh, and they're really – you know, so you, you really get his own brothers, his own family, really, essentially are turning away, uh, are turning against him. And you can kind of understand that. I mean, again, I try to put myself <laughs> in their context and go – this is my brother, and he's been doing these. That 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 was cool. What he did there, but now he's talking about eating flesh and drinking blood, and it's like, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, you know, you're just you, my brother. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, so you need a bit of PR PR help. Yeah, here. it's easy for us to look back and kind of be, oh, what's wrong with those guys? But I think we've got to remember in this moment, this was pretty challenging stuff for yeah. everyone. You know, yeah, yeah. it's interesting because they tell him go up to the feast, you know, yeah. and 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 reveal. This is a great time for you to reveal yourself, which. Yeah. Actually, he does, but he says to them that he won't. Uh, yeah, did you notice right. that? Yeah, uh, yeah. He says, no, I'm not going to go up. Yes. And then he goes up. He it's does like, in secret, and then later he appears in the yeah, temple. Yeah. Well, in a sense, he's saying, I'm not going to go up in that, uh, in, in that way. So anyway, but he goes up secretly. Mm. And, then, and then at one point, so no one, this is interesting because we're... we're he goes up secretly. Maybe some of his disciples. You, you, you probably sense that his his inner circle is still, uh, but but he's not he's not going with crowds or. No, that's right. Uh, you know, the, the, and so at one point though he starts teaching in the temple courts, and this is when uh, when straight away, oh, what what he's here, and he says something really interesting in verse seventeen, Stu, and this gets to this uh, this strong theme about. Those who come to me will come because the Father draws them. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a really interesting theme, and and we already saw this in in the last episode, Stu, when we talked about John chapter three, that the wind blows where it will. You do, you know, and and you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Yes, there's this strong in, again this strong theological theme in John is that those who come to Jesus actually come because the Father draws them. There's this sort of sovereignty theme mm. uh, in in John. And I think it's revealed by the Spirit. I mean, we, we sort of jumped over this, but at the very end of chapter 6, kind of alluding to the fact that you're trying to think in a human way. Yeah, yeah that's this right. This is a spiritual concept that you're, yeah. you're completely missing. Uh, and the same thing here. It's kind of like God's going to reveal through his Spirit to those yeah. people who know this is the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In response to his teaching, 
a lot of people remark, you know, how is it that this man has such great learning? And, he, you know, he points out, well, you know, this is from God. And he says a very interesting thing in chapter 17. And, and this yep. is from the uh, ESV translation. It's a slightly more literal translation. If anyone's, will, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. Mm. So, again, this is this sense that there are some people that will have this insight. Like from the outside, it's impossible to see that this is true. Yeah, right. But those who actually do this, who step into the inside, mm. they will see from the inside that it's true. That it is. Yeah. It's like you cannot see the truth of it from the outside. Mm. You know, it, it, it only can be seen from this position of faith on, on, on the inside. Again, it's consistent with this idea that you you know you need to be born again to see to see the kingdom of god which is it's just, that theme just runs so it's cuz you know on the one hand Stu, there's this strong theme of our responsibility to believe it's john's constantly saying you know this is so that you know uh, so that you might believe you know that whoever believes will you know and yet at the same time you've got You've got this theme of those who believe, you know, be- believe, believe because, yeah, because yeah. in a sense, it's putting always putting God prior, mm. and and it's not it's not like we've got to be careful not to try and logically fit those together with too strict a sense of logic, like oh well, it's this rather than that. Yeah. No, there's there's a strong emphasis on our responsibility to choose, and yet, but there's also a strong emphasis on our inability to see and without without the Spirit of God. So somehow those two things fit together and John just is happy to hold those things in tension. Classic yeah. sort of Jewish thinker. Yeah. You know, I think that later a um, later more sort of Greek mode of thinking is going to try and grapple with those and fit them together uh, logically. Uh, but, uh, you know, John's happy to hold those things in tension. Yeah, it's good. So he has these, you know, this, this leads to a, uh, you know, a sequence of teaching uh, there in, in the temple mm. and it, it culminates in more polarization. It, it col- absolutely. There's, yeah. there's more, more polarization here. In the second half, this is where he picks up this theme of the rivers of living water yeah. to come back to where we started in this episode, Stu, yeah. with the Samaritan woman. Uh, you know, on the last day of the feast, uh, the great. So throughout the feast, he's, the, the, again, you know, he's been doing this teaching, he's been having this polarizing effect. But he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me, uh, you know, come and drink. You know, mm. Isaiah chapter 55, yeah. you know, uh, is, is echoed there. The, the, you know, come, you know, come to the waters and drink. Um, and uh, he says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow uh, rivers of living water. So he says this, and then right at the end of the chapter, what do you get? Verse 43, so there was division among the people over yeah, him. Yeah. You know, he just has this, again, polarizing effect because he's bringing out the best in some and the worst in others yes. and not much in between, yeah. actually. This is, yeah. you know, this is not just what God did in Jesus. This is what God does. Mm. Uh, some, we need to see the worst in ourselves and we need to see the best. The, the You know, and so, you know, so God stirs up the worst Brings out the best, you know, yeah. and you see Jesus doing that uh, yeah. in this. We get. Did you notice there, Stuart? Right at the end of the chapter, Nicodemus, Nicodemus pops up again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and interesting even too that you know these these so called um, and I shouldn't be disrespectful Pharisees, you know, making the comment you you aren't from Galilee too, are you? They replied, you know, suggesting he was kind of somewhat biased. Yeah. Investigate, and you'll see that no prophet arises from Galilee, and yet Jonah. 
was from Galilee. So yeah. they're actually factually incorrect <laughs> That's right. themselves, you know. Yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, they were expecting – the, the you know the Messiah to come out of Bethlehem, yes, uh, uh, which is which is what the prophecies point to, which actually we know that he did, but yes. they didn't know that. No, so. that's right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great stuff, Stu, and and I think it you know uh, you just you get this picture as as you follow these stories. One of the things that strikes me is that this is not only what God did; this is what God does. And there's this increasing call here for this radical obedience. Are you really willing to follow? Are you really willing to trust whatever the cost? Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. We really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. Thrive.